to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something, where myself, Lorcan Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross, continue our way through every match that Dave Meltzer has rated five stars or higher in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that we can find. Well, thanks to a New Japan World subscription, you're basically finding the inside of Dave Meltzer's brain when he's sleeping at night and the wife ain't around. But what we're talking about tonight is a match involving two very similar, but in so many ways different men. Simon, I know you're a big fan of one. I don't know if you, I would assume you're a big fan of the other from his time in the WWE. But he's and beyond. been recently liberated, and this is definitely one on his bucket list that he was checking off to this to- in this tour. What are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about the Stone Pitbull Tomohiro Ishii taking on John Moxley, the newly rebirthed John Moxley. So yeah, at this point, John Moxley is basically the hottest thing in wrestling. Uh, he turns up on Double or Nothing uh, only a few weeks before this. Uh, he also makes his appearance on the screen uh, to announce his his arrival in uh, New Japan. First night in, wins the IWGP United States Championship from Juice Robinson. He literally bites him on his way to the title. <laughs> a couple of nights later, Dominion, he picks himself up a little... Pet in the in the form of Shooter Amino, Red Shoes' his son is now his little dog's body and belt carrier. Um, <laughs> and he goes into the G One climax, cock of the walk, both going in two nil at this point. Um, Moxley with victories over I think it's Tai Chi and one other person I can't remember whom. Um, Ishii also coming in on a two nil winning streak. Just thundering through people. And Ishii is really growing in stature, G1-wise. The commentators do make a point of this as he makes his entrance. Uh, he's gone from the man who like might might be added to a man that simply has to be there in like many fans' eyes. Because like, you just want to see what he does. Yeah. And like how he hangs and who will he upset. And like will, he, will this be the year he puts it together and maybe gets a semi-final? Yeah. Maybe even a final. Like... Well, Moxley, yeah, Moxley had victories over Tai Chi and Jeff Cobb at this point. Jeff Cobb was an interesting one because that was a contracted AEW talent wrestling a contracted Ring of Honor talent. Well, like when I made my predictions, because there's like pickums you can do online where you predict the whole tournament ahead of time, I had that down for like a double DQ or a double counter. I thought it would have been like the classic. 70s, 80s, got to keep both men protected. But he beats him in like less than nine minutes. Ah. Um, whereas Tomohiro Ishii had also won a, a match over Jeff Cobb and then won against Jay White, who was on a the reverse at this point, on an 0-2 losing streak. going. He's bottomed the group, isn't he? Yeah. Actually, after this, on this night, he's just been beaten by Toriano in three minutes. So he's actually 0-3 at that point. And this is the main event of the two guys that are, you know, in the best in the driving position. Who's going to take pole position coming out of tonight? Well, 
they're not going to waste any time trying to find out because the moment Ishii steps through the ropes, they are butting heads. They just want a piece of each other. I mean, early they literally doors. do that at several points in this match. And what's funny is that this is your stand is both your Ishii bravado, no backing down, strong style, but it's also a wild. John Moxley using his deathmatch instincts and having a, a brawl around the ring. So they both go into each other's realm. And I suppose when they wrestle in each other's way, the other one's at an advantage. Because John Moxley takes a surprisingly large portion of the control of the first five to ten minutes of the match. It isn't your standard Ishii thing where it's just back and forth, back and forth. You hit me, I'll hit you. You hit me, I'll hit you. Moxley takes control very early on, sends him to the outside, and then they start brawling in the crowd, with Moxley basically in control throughout the most of it. He's just toying with Ishii, sort of, isn't he? He's just taking him this way, that way, like just slapping him about. Just... Finds enough time to give Red Shoes a hug. Yeah. Uh, goes for like a running regal knee along the, the concourse. Just, just playing about. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, like a pig in mud. It's showing they both have their strengths. That Moxley's is outside of the ring, and maybe Ishii's is more inside the ring. Because Ishii, they... when he finally, when they finally get back into the ring, and 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 Moxley starts bringing some uh, stomps and everything, that's and an STF Ishii... baby. Yeah, yeah, that was funny as well. Bringing the STF because that's you know so often a deadly finisher, but it's not really in this one. It's not. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's like scary. a wear down hold. Yeah, mm. it's it's different. I think it's him giving further homage to Regal, but um. Well, yeah, but within the like traditions of New Japan, that was Luthez's hold that he passed on to Cho. Oh, uh, right. I see. Yes, I can see why that that would be a bit jarring now. Then, okay, fair point. Fair point. Uh, but I, again, I, I don't think Mox. I don't think it's too big a deal. Yeah, it's not a problem. Um, but yeah, and, and John Moxley chops him in the corner and says, "Out, oh, there's more where that's coming from," and to which Ishii demands more and Just screams at him. Moxley provides. I love Ishii because Ishii's sorry, like got the added babyface edge because I think there's a little bit of a oh, it's a gaijin. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's crap to the that. crowd. Yeah, it's just nice to see him cheered so much. You know, he's always been like. The last couple of matches we've seen with Ishii, he's always had a great section of the crowd behind him. And it's been like 50-50, but it's nice to see him be the overwhelming favourite. Yeah, and again, it's that funny, like like I said, when Americans come in there, uh, Moxley is a throwback in so many ways. I've always said that Moxley is one of those guys, and there's not, not everyone is like that, but you could have dropped him in any era of wrestling and he would have been a success. A plug-and-play guy, yeah. Yeah, you would have put him in the territories in the 70s and the early 80s. He would be doing exactly what Roddy Piper was doing, you know? You put him in the you put him in the 90s, he would have gone to ECW or somewhere like that, you know? Or the Attitude Era, the he attitude could have like, hung around he there. Have, he, can you imagine John Moxley feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1997? Oh. oh, the potential. 2019 John Moxley against 97 Steve Austin. That's a WrestleMania main event. It just is. It'd be beautiful. Uh, Filth. I'm just trying to think who else as well. Like you'd get to see him against Shamrock, Ken Shamrock as well, which would be intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, and but yeah, like Moxley's all about the bravado and the posturing, and 
he tries to hang with Ishii on the no-selling front. Like, um, Ishii goes for a shoulder tackle and um, Moxley won't go down. Like, Ishii has to work to get him down. Yeah. Uh, and Ishii's sort of surprised by that as well. He's just like, mm. well, this, this should work. This usually works. Why isn't this working? Mm. But Ishii does some of his classic stuff at this point. No-selling loads of forearms from Moxley and then knocking Moxley down with one. Um, and then when Moxley brings some chairs out, then it's... <laughs> oh, God. And it's always so funny that Japanese apparatus is not exactly the same. Sturdy. The, the yeah. chairs fall apart, the table's narrow and properly made to put things on. And just is wood. Yeah. yeah. It's not sawn yeah. through wood, it's proper so, wood. Like when Moxley wins the chair duel, he's barely got a frame of a chair left and just throws it. At just me. bounces <laughs> it off like uh, his cheekbone. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, but then um, Ishii, um, well, he's he's just like on the back foot because like Moxley gets to set up the table. He's just getting comfortable. He's doing his big drop kicks. He's doing his tope. He's like he's hitting some chair shots. And Ishii sort of has to go back to being Ishii to get out of this when he just like hits a uh, elbow strike straight into the chair into Moxley's face just yeah. to like. Get a breath, but it's such an easy way of counting weapon shots. You also missed the really good tease they did for a while of who's going to go through the table. You know, mere echoes of um, the Omega Okada matches, and just you know, wrestling in general. You know, you tease those table spots yeah. really well. Oh, the little apron dance, yes, I did. Um, especially when um, it looks like uh, Moxie might go for the pile driver, and the crowd are going, "No, no, no!" Well, I think it was more he was trying to do a power bomb, but he could only get him up to pile driver position. Uh, could be. Could, could well either way. Hopefully, what do you think of Red Shoes just having to watch whilst Moxley swings a chair at Ishii and well, the there refs is aren't no... giving much respect. They don't get no respect. <laughs> you know. Well, it is you no know, DQ. You know, Red Shoes is the Rodney Dangerfield of the refereeing world. Um, is is that the whole sort of Jap- Japan thing? Like no, refs get no, they, they, well. Usually in Japan, you don't bring in chairs in the first place, and if you do, you because you're because it's a death match, you know. Uh, what I mean by that is like the refs have sort of got the leeway to like go, oh well, this is the vibe of the match. Well, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've got to roll with it. Yeah, yeah. You like? It's uh, more than what. Yeah, you like? Um, who was that York that Rotherham referee who ref the World Cup final? Howard Webb. Howard Webb. You know, you got to try and keep it calm. You don't want to be brandishing the yellow cards until. The first a man gets kicked in the heart. In fairness, he can see it from that angle. I refuse to believe yeah. anyone would watch that and go, ah, it's just rough play. It's fine. No, that's Nigel De Young for you. He was built for a referee. Oh, yeah, Howard. Oh, yeah, Howard's, Howard's a pure athlete. He was a policeman. Mm. Uh, so he had to be physical for his job anyway. Do you think he would have been the better referee for this than uh, Red Shoes? <laughs> no, because he wouldn't have let... I, I, like, uh, red shoes is just, is just red shoes. He he is New Japan refereeing, pure and simple. So yeah, um, uh, Ishii sets him up on the table and then just does a splash straight through it. No big tease or no surprise or no. It's not like Omega dodging uh, Tanahashi. Ishii essentially beats Moxley at his own game. I love the crowd just going, "Oh my god, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't you. What are you doing?" And even he seems surprised in midair. He's like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing this, am I? I'm doing this then. 
Oh, looks like I'm doing it. Mm. It's it. I love how um I love when they go back into the ring and and um at that point Moxley's now trying to win the match. It's almost like okay, maybe I don't want to fight this guy so much. Yeah. Oh, because uh, uh... like Ishii goes for a sliding lariat and and um Moxley's able to catch it and turn it into a cradle. And they, they, there's a lot of anything you can do, I can do in this. Yeah. Um, we get it with forearms, and we do also get it with that sliding lariat because then, um, yeah, Moxley John goes. Yeah, and um, Ishii counters with a German. Oh, what is it? A big German. That's the. But then when oh, Moxley yeah. hits his own German, Ishii does the pop-up no sell, but runs straight into a Moxley lariat. So Moxley's doing all those classic Japanese things. He's getting in the suplexes. He's hitting the hard lariats. I think it helps that Moxley did get really bulked up this year. Like, when he came back as Dean Ambrose for his last run, it was like... Because he'd been so lean and so thin in his previous run, and this time he must have packed on about 15 pounds of muscle, maybe. maybe well, he had, that, um, he had that gap, didn't he, between his last date and him starting as well. No, but he so was he... big when he, went in, when he was making his final matches in the WWE. Yeah. The biggest he'd ever been in the WWE. Well, I think it was just the fact his body got to rest for a bit as well. Cause... Well, I think he said he wanted to reinvent himself. He wanted to look different. You know, the head was shaved. He's still True. the poor bugger. He's, you know, he's got that... I mean, there's a receding hairline and then there's, you know... But he's not bald yet. <laughs> either. Yeah, it's difficult. You work with what you've got in those scenarios. Yeah, and you've already got Rene Young, so the worry is not so much there anymore. But, you know, he had that fringe for so long. <laughs> that lunatic fringe? Yeah. I remember, I think Brendan Burns said something along the lines of, are you called the lunatic fringe because you're so worried about your hairline? <laughs> as, a fellow, as a fellow long-foreheaded man, um, you, do what you, you do what you've got to do, you know? Yeah. Well, sometimes you've got to lean into it. So you, you work with the tools you have when it comes to, like, uh, male hairlines. That, it's that's not that unfortunate. It's not a hair island either. It's just like a strip. It's almost Phil Collins esque. Yeah. Oh. He makes it work. Well, he's a he's a good looking chap. I don't know if he's he's not good looking, but I understand why women fancy him. You know, it's like that. It's like that Tom Hardy sort of appeal. You know, he's rough. He's the rogue. Rugged. Yeah. Ooh. Sometimes Ooh. you want a bit of rough. Oh yes. So Ooh, these are the noises you're making usually during an Ishii match. <laughs> I did wonder how we were going to get out of this. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, they this are... is where they're both going for pins at this point now. it's they've, they've got over the whole, I just need to beat the shit out of this guy. It's more like, okay, let's have a sort of hard-hitting wrestling match. Let's uh, go strong point... style. Yeah, come on, yep. <laughs> got to roll it along. Although Moxie still makes sure to bite Tomohiro Ishii <laughs> at various points. Ah, oh, just... That's how he sort of got exposes him to the, um, get a big regal knee on him as well. It's like, oh, yeah. is he's getting the advantage? I'm just gonna like you know try and eat him. What do you think of the unprotected headshot headbutts? Uh, I could... didn't like it was two problems. One was I don't like that they're doing it unprotected, but the fact that they were doing it unprotected, they weren't actually going as hard as they could. I was gonna say that but it's because very they weren't cool. going as hard as they could. Then what was the point? You could have done without it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like do it protected although, although, but you go although, force, you know. Although the 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 uh, the man who likes cool visuals in me did love the Ishii uppercut headbutt. Yes, that was good, but that's that's less dangerous. You know, you're hitting the jaw. 
He's doing the top of the cranium, which is yeah, oh a bit, God, yeah. Know. As far as like you know, um, brain trauma is concerned, that is far less dangerous. Mm. Still got its own sense of danger within it, but uh, yeah. But I like how they're both woozy at this point. Um, yeah, Ishii runs into a lariat and no sells it and starts hitting Moxley with elbows. And Moxley's woozy, but he able he's able to hit one good elbow, and that does take Ish- like Ishii goes down off of that one, showing that they're both running on empty at this point. Again, a callback to when Ishii did that to him earlier on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it's, it's that a different situation. Like, Moxley hadn't been no-selling. He mm. was just, like, trying to find a, an opening and he found it and Ishii wasn't able to, like, stay up and be like, ah, you didn't hurt me. Plant his feet, yeah. So Moxley's able to hit a Uranagi for a long two count and then a Regal knee for another long two count. Goes for the Death Rider. Ishii's able to backdrop out of it. The Death Rider being his new name for Dirty Deeds and a lot more aggressive, you know, it's essentially a leaping version of it now. Well, not a leaping, he lifts them up, essentially. Yeah, a hoisted version. Um, and Ishii, like, throws some big-ass lariats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to sort of try and, like, you know, get back into the match. Uh, they both then go for their finishes. Uh, there's another go attempt at Death Rider. Ishii's gone for his brain buster. Um... Ishii, like, you know, like, just hammers him, uses his face to hammer away at uh, Moxley. Throwing a, a lariat. Uh, then Moxley hits Death Rider. Yeah. Uh, and Ishii kicks out, which is rare. Rare for But what was it? It was kind of like Moxley's version of uh, uh, Ibu, uh, Okada's uh, uh, short Rainmaker. Like mm-hmm. like in, in commentary, he says it's basically a snap Death Rider. So it wasn't a full wasn't lift. impact on it. It was yeah. almost like he was doing it as a defensive because he had like an opening. But he didn't hit it fully. Yeah. But it's got uh, Ishii sufficiently wo- um, wounded that he's able to put the knee back down, hit another regal knee, and follow it up with a full-on Death Rider. That does get him the three count just after the 20-minute mark. Whew. So, yeah, essentially to me, the story of this match is, for Moxley, is Moxley goes in eager for a fight and then leaves happy, elated to have escaped with a win. Yeah. He, I, I think he. This is. A, he like has he wanted to stand up to New Japan's toughest, and he did. But boy, did he have to have. He felt you it. Know, he took everything. Yeah, yeah, I go along with that. And obviously, I think at, off the back of that as well, like, I think he has a respect for Ishii. Um, he, uh, like, he had a respect pre-match, I think. Yeah, but he wanted to test him. He didn't want to even have to talk about what he respects. He just wants to go in and like. Yeah. It's he wants to test himself. That's the whole thing about this. And and Ishii's like, I'm not just a you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a a checklist for you to knock off your bucket list. You know. Yeah, you're gonna have I'm to gonna, work. I'm gonna prevent you from doing any more of your bucket list after you meet me, sunshine. You know. Yeah. All of your organs will fit into a bucket after I'm <laughs> done with you. So this got a lot of buzz. People loved this match. A lot of people, this was their favorite match of the whole tournament. Again, reminiscent of previous Ishii show uh, tournament stealing matches, like the one against Shibata in 2013. Um, uh, the one I really loved last year against Hiroki Goto. Um, a big, big, big just man. Give him, just give him a tough bastard. And, <laughs> and he'll have, make it work. Have them tough bastard each other. Um, would you go five stars? I I wouldn't. No. No. Not for this. No. Uh if you could give me, if you give a match on paper, uh, if you looked at a list of matches at time of recording in 2019 that have had five stars or higher, uh, you could probably, if like 
put odds on that I would have given this five stars. Because you, um, you gave the Shibata match five stars, I think. I did. And you gave the Goto match five stars. I did, but and for this, this is maybe this one... the third chapter of that series for Ishii. What 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 makes it different? Just had a little bit of a just disjointed flow to it at the start. Mm. I get why they did it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's what it's not what they. they it's definitely what the story they should have told, mm. but it just didn't seem to flow right for me until it got back into the ring, and then it was just like catching up to itself a little bit and. Just, the, the vibe of the match. So you're saying me. it's almost like the first half was three stars, the second half was five stars, put them together, it's somewhere around four stars or something like that. Without pretty wanting much. to put a score on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pretty much nailed that. I usually do. Uh, I'm not quite going to go five stars as well, I think, but I thought it was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. I don't get me wrong. Um, and who knows, like, maybe if they went again... I would get. I I think that. I think it's much like you said about the last uh, match we talked about. I think we're less likely to get this again. But if we do get it again, it would be better. Mm. I'd be curious to see it in an American audience as well. But obviously, that would have to be under AEW uh, rules because like Moxley wasn't allowed to take part in the first night in Houston. Because yeah. of the, his AEW contract. Which is fair. So I don't know if that means that maybe we're coming towards the end of Moxley's time with New Japan anyway. I don't know. Wow. Maybe this was... Because uh, Moxley goes on throughout the rest of this tournament. I think he wins either five or six in a row. But then loses all of his subsequent follow-up matches. So, yeah. He I think wins, New Japan... wins his first five and then loses his last four. Ah, okay. So he, after this one, he, he beats... Um, so yeah, he beats Ishii, then on night eight he beats um, Shingo Takagi. Uh, then on night ten he beats Tetsuya Naito. So he's going in at that point, I think he's like four points ahead of everyone else. But then he goes on a losing streak. First losing to Toriyano by count out after Yano um, gaffer tapes him to shoot her and they can't get into the ring in time to beat the count out. <laughs> And that's where the wheels start to fall off. Then he gets pinned by Jay White, thanks to um, cheating and the like. All right. Then he loses to. Um, uh, then he loses to Hiroki Goto in a mild upset, I suppose. Goto has a bit of an awesome run. And then on the final night, uh, Juice Robinson's able to find a win to get revenge on him. Revenge. For... Yep. Rowengi. And they were supposed to then have the blow-off third match uh, for the US title, but um, airport security issues or maybe weather or something like that prevented Moxie from getting there on time. And New Japan's policy is if you can't, if one of them can't get there, then the belt's vacated. Like They, yeah. they, they vacated the belt because Chono couldn't turn up to a show because he, he was at his dad's funeral. That's how New Japan rolls. Savage. Um, so instead, uh, Juice Robinson faced Lance Archer, who had a great G1. He's not in any of these, but he had a fantastic G1. Really kind of break out for him as a singles performer. And um, and and Lance Archer won it. So Lance Archer is now the current US champion. So it might be that they go down a different um, path with this and maybe we don't get... I mean, I, I haven't heard any news on who Moxley would wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom. You'd assume he wants to do Wrestle Kingdom. 
And if Jericho's doing it, then there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to do it as well. It depends on what the contracts are. Well, I do I, think... I think he has a separate thing with New Japan. Like, you know, AEW wanted him. He's like, well, if you want me, you're going to... Put know, up with this. Make some leeway in this. Yeah. When New Japan America starts, it's going to get fiddlier. A lot fiddlier, well, I think. Well, that's when I think the US title essentially moves partly to America and becomes the yeah. title there. Oh, no, I just mean, like, if, if they've got... If they're on a AEW's home turf, so to speak, will that New affect Japan, the way contracts are looked at? I think New Japan's US promotion is going to be a lot more along the lines of what NXT was in its earliest territory days, you know? We're going to get burpee challenges! No, not that kind of... Not not the TV <laughs> show, I mean, when it becomes its own little... It became its own little Florida territory. You know, but um, it was yeah. it wasn't it wasn't, you know, bloody Finn Balor and Adam Cole. It was like Bo Dallas Sheffield. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like Bo Dallas and Um Give me someone else. Tyler Breeze, you know, and that's not shitting on them, just, you know. The star power in a in NXT now is a very different cut ca- oh, yeah. to what it was. And maybe that's what will happen with New Japan US over time, who knows? But anyway, we've covered all that we've had to cover and then a bit more. Um, what are we doing for our next G1 match, Simon? Well, it's another 24 hours into the future. God, Big Dave had like spam that button it's over It's been a great time to speakers. be in the Krakowin Hall. Indeed. If you and I ever uh, go on a Japanese pilgrimage, we'll have to do that. Just oh. camp ourselves at the Krakowin Hall for a G1 Climax weekend. Oh, that would be, that'd be lush. Uh, we have got... Speaking of which, a lush matchup on paper as Chaos takes on Chaos as it's Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada. Another champion versus champion match. Final of the five matches that Will Ospreay had in less than two months worth of time to get the five stars. Um, And it's against maybe a man that will be his future great rival as well as teammate. Possibly be his Tanahashi. Mm. But anyway, if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, to talk about anything else that they want to talk about, how can they do so? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm stoned under Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of items of furniture that got wrecked in this match. Very good. My name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U W L A for um, able bodied. N for not much longer. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterbox. If you want to put an at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's lmtyspod at gmail.com. Lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle. But there is nothing left for us to say at this point except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time.